DJ and PK reminding you the top 60 and 60 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union. Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, Joe Ingles is coming up at 9 o'clock. Jazz playoff talk with Joe Ingles at the top of the hour, but right now... BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki joins us, Coach. Good to have you on the air again. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. Appreciate you guys having me on. So I'm curious. I just read the 60 and 60 promo there. And I'm curious, uh, ranking the 60 best players in state, as a coach, we have always been stunned by coaches and their encyclopedic knowledge of recruiting. (laughs) PK running into one guy in a sandwich shop who looks like a college football player, says he's getting recruited. He comes up here, runs it by. Was it Kalani you ran it by? Yeah, it was yeah. Down, down in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, and Kalani knew exactly who the guy was and listened to whole things about him, Kalani, even though he's going to end up going to another school. You guys school. were at Utah. Yeah, and I said something in passing a few years ago when I was hosting the Kyle Whittingham show about I think USC is going to lose a game, and Kyle says, they will beat everybody. Oh, well, you know, unless they play Texas in a, in a bowl game. And sure enough, they play Texas in the Rose Bowl, and, and Vince Young beats them right at the end. And I'm amazed at how much everybody knows about all these kids and all these players. But with the transfer portal, it's like putting a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle in a box and just shaking it up every year. So do you still feel like you know all these guys and how they fit? Or does the transfer portal introduce an element of mystery to college football, to coaches that maybe didn't previously exist? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It, it certainly does add um, something different you know, to it where we've got to do a little bit more um, research into somebody that maybe regionally – was was somewhere else just played in another conference that we didn't follow as closely and then um all of a sudden is is uh is on our schedule and you know we've got to do some research into those guys and kind of see what they did in their career and how they play and and uh yeah it certainly does add a little bit something else to it so i remember several years ago i think i'm not positive so i don't i can't vouch for it but i'm pretty sure we were down at uh, Dixie High School. Remember you guys had that spring practice there? <laughs> yeah. And the uh, place was packed. Shocked me. Fortunately, I had my wife drop me off or else I would have had to park about five miles away. <laughs> There's so many people there that day. And so you guys do your thing. You have the practice, blah, blah, blah. And then, and I can remember everybody was around Sewell. He was the big kid now, well, you know, the offensive lineman. And I remember talking to you off to the side uh hour or so after then and and you told me I, i'm pretty sure it was there if not it was up here but anyway you said keep an eye on this chris wilcox and he hadn't done jack and you told me he said this guy's got nfl potential and i'm thinking defensive back byu nfl potential normally you don't see that well you were right <laughs> you call and you called it like four years ahead of time so you obviously have an eye to be able to identify that. And the nature of college football is you're going to lose guys every year, and you, you guys lost guys, lost guys to the NFL. How do you feel about that high-level talent that maybe the rest of us don't know about, but you've already identified, given time and experience, can slide in and to be another Tonga, to be another Wilcox? Yeah, that, there's, a, there's a lot of credit that goes to the to – the uh, recruiting staff, um, you know, uh, Coach Lamb, Coach Coach Guilford are the ones that recruited Chris. Um, they've got, they've certainly got an eye for 
finding those kinds of kids that uh, you know kids that may be a little um, underdeveloped, uh, under recruited, and uh, kids that come grateful to play here at BYU. And uh, you know we've we've got a lot of kids that we're really excited for for this year. You know we've you guys know we've lost a lot of guys to the draft and and uh, we're going to be young, but, but uh, we've got a really good team and nice play. So. Because your schedule is, uh, as an independent is front-loaded with so many good opponents and other people try to kind of ease into things, I'm curious about how you try to build these guys up mentally. I mean, we know you got them in the weight room and, and you're watching film and you're coaching them on technique and all that, but until they believe they can do it, you, you don't usually do it. You know, the other guy might have a little more belief. How do you get young guys into that right away when your schedule tends to be difficult right away? Yeah, that, that that's a good question. I mean, um, it's it's hard to really get you get your team um, playing at the level that they should be without game experience, and there's really no no other substitution for for game experience. And so having having young guys, having guys that really haven't been on the field yet, um, you know, is 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 going to be a challenge. Be able to throw those guys into the fire, but I think with so many of those guys that were really coming off the bench last year and and contributing and and uh you know being part of the success that we had last year and even the the years before that in some of the teams that we played has been huge for their their growth and development and they've they've been in those spots at least on the sideline and kind of seeing how things have have gone and and uh what's expected of them and so you know that that'll certainly add to their growth and uh and their confidence coming into this year so it's not just at BYU that you get guys that are under-recruited and develop them and help them that, that they f- mature and achieve what, what, what you believe they can do. Because you do get some, some top-end talent that is viewed as top-end talent anyway coming out of high school. One of those guys is Chaz Ayu. You know, he was highly sought after. He's been in and out of the lineup, moved positions, have injuries. Where are you guys at with him as far as him being able to get out on the field and start making some major contributions consistently? Yeah, th- this has got to be a really big year for him. I mean, we're, um, you know, we're because because we're young, because we don't have any, as many guys with experience. Um, we're we're asking a lot out of Chaz, and Chaz has always done a really good job in the past just answering the bell. We've moved him a bunch of different positions right. and knows what we're doing, and, and uh, there'll be a lot of demand on him this year to uh, to be a leader, to be a guy that steps up and, and really fills in some of those holes that that we've got to fill while we wait for some of the young guys to Where to are you slotting them? Strong safety? Safety, yep. And that's going to be it? Depends on the game. Could end up moving them depending on on what we've got. But uh, you know, normally those guys that are playing safety, uh, rarely have we moved back to corner. We have done that with Diane. We've done it with uh, Troy. Troy. Um, depending on the game. But uh, most of those guys, when we move them, we move them back and forth from from that field backer where where Fred Warner played back to safety. But we've got we've got a lot of good linebackers. I mean, that might be the strength of our defense as far as just the position group. And uh, you know we're really young at the safety spot, and so thinking that safety is going to be where he he's uh, he's at just uh, for the most part. You're playing five Pac-12 teams, and one of the Pac-12 analysts had a quote about you know the league and the league they, the success they need to have, and they can't go two and three against BYU in that. You got three Pac-12 teams right out of the gate. Is the D line big enough and deep enough uh, for that challenge, and and ready to go? Do you have a lot of confidence in them? I do have a, have a lot of confidence in the D line. Um, have a lot of confidence in the depth. 
um, we don't have a lot of game experience. And so the defensive end spots probably where most of the game experience is, is uh, I mean, we don't have very, very much experience at the DN spot. We do have tackles that have played, and we've got five or six D tackles that I feel comfortable about. And you guys probably know that we rotate pretty deep just to keep those guys fresh for the majority of the year. Um, but uh, we're really young at the DN spot, so there'll be a couple of guys that move around and try out and do some different things with some of the guys that have, have uh, you know, big-time players like Peyton Wilgar that have played both DN as well as backer and moved around, and Max Tooley as well, and we'll see how things go with that. Well, those are the two that I was going to hit when you just said you're really strong at linebacker, in my mind anyway, as I run through it without having the stats, it seems like those two, Wilgar and Tooley, are your most experienced linebackers. Correct me if I'm wrong. Keenan Peely's the other one. And I was going to go with Peely as far as that goes. That's going to be the strength uh, of your linebacking core. But you rotate a little bit there, and you may have some injuries. Uh, How deep are you be able to handle the responsibilities and what needs to be happening from the linebacker spot? Yeah, those those three guys that you've mentioned, I mean, they've... uh, you know, game experience, just really, really good players, great co- uh, contributors, leaders on the team. And I think the rest of the backer group, um, there are a couple of guys that have a game experience, but it's a lot like the D-line where we feel really good about the personnel, feel really good about the direction that we're going with that, but not as much game experience with some of those younger backers. And and uh, we're going to rely heavily on, on that veteran group to really guide and teach and, and get those other guys caught up. A couple of those Brighton guys. I don't know if I can trust them, though. I don't know about those Brighton guys. <laughs> you know what? The, the Reno Mahe, the worst Brighton guy. That's oh, one of the go. hardest guys right there to trust. <laughs> no, Reno's, Reno's a great guy. He's no Brian Keel. <laughs> <laughs> Elisa Tuiaki joining us, BYU defensive coordinator. Uh, obviously, uh, PK's Sun Devils delivered a uh, beating at the end of the year, and they hit reset on that program down there. How much do you know about Arizona and what you're going to face in the opener? Been, been uh, you know, obviously doing all the, the research that we need to and watching film, and it's always tough when you're facing a new opponent that has new coordinators, new head coach, and all that stuff, and really just kind of looking into their personnel and watching their spring game, doing all the things that we can. Um, you know, there's this. It's one of those deals where it's you wish you had you had more information. You wish you had more film, and that game's coming, ready or not. And so we're uh, we're geeked up about the opportunity to play in Vegas and and uh, play them again and and uh, see where things go. Last year was the craziest season you'll ever have. I'm I'm, I'm confident in saying that with all yeah. the circumstances, right? We'll probably never, hopefully anyway, go through something like that. And the West wasn't playing, and you guys were charging on. We know the whole story. And you go 11-1, and one, and we know the controversy surrounding it. The supporters say we had a good team. Look at the NFL guys gotten drafted. The detractors. Uh, and, and we know which school they attend, but we won't say it. Uh, that, uh, yeah, well, the schedule, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to blow it up any, uh, and maybe it's overstating it, uh, but how important is it to the team and to the program to follow it up, to show, and maybe you're not even thinking of this, that, but that, and in my mind, maybe to show last year really wasn't a fluke. It was a combination and a culmination of having a lot of guys that were young in the program and making their way to be mature. So you had that success. And so now if you follow it up, we're like, see, we told you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, if, if we could try to attempt an encore with all those guys back, I think that would be that would be a fair challenge, you know, getting getting a quarterback back and all those players that left. But you know, it's it's a new team. It's a new team. There's new storylines. There's new kids stepping up. 
um, you know, we're, we're excited. Excited, like I said, just about the, the player and the personnel that we have. It's just, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot different than, than it was last year just because different kids with less experience. Sure, but everybody wants you to win. Yeah, I mean uh, the the names and change the change, but the 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 goals and the expectations, the expectations. and all that stuff, absolutely. And there and we've got high expectations for ourselves. You know, I don't want to get on here and start making promises and all that stuff. I mean, there's um, I I don't you know the fans talk about how many games you should win or lose and all that stuff, but I don't think you ever go into any team's locker room and. Uh, and ask them and, and, and get the same answers. I mean, nobody's going to say Nobody in your locker room is going to say, well, we think we can beat these guys and these guys, and, you know, probably if six and six would be great. I mean, nobody talks like that in any locker room, even if, you know, that new team like Arizona with a new staff and all that stuff, and they were coming off that. People are just are confident. People set their goals high, and, and everybody wants to go undefeated, and obviously uh, very many teams rarely do, but... We're we're confident. We're we're excited. We're excited for the challenge, and we'll see how things go. Oh, we'll give you a couple slip ups, maybe ten. What do you think, DJ? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm curious how many of the guys, how much it changes though. That even though some of the big names and some of the guys who really produced are gone, there are still guys back who started. There are guys who got a lot of snaps, even though they didn't start. And there's something about you know whether you're upper score down a score you just score and take the lead or you give up a score and you fall behind when you've been a winning program guys tend to sit there and think okay this is what we're going to do to win the game and when you haven't been and you're coming off three and five win seasons guys can be like oh boy we're close i wonder i wonder if we can do it and when you wonder if you can do it or if you wonder if something's going to go wrong well then it usually does go wrong and so even though these are different guys, you know, is the winning a little bit of contagious and some of the stuff hangs over a little bit? Yeah, it does. The team is really confident about uh, about our performance. And, you know, obviously we'd, we'd play anybody, anywhere, anytime and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, so we have enough guys on the team from last year that were a part of um, – guys on the team this year that were a part of last year that uh, confidence is high, the expectations high. Uh, we put a lot of expectations on ourselves, and the players players do that themselves. How much, I don't know if easier is the right word, but better are you able to recruit knowing that now you have a foundation on which you can present to these recruits? It's not like a, a dream or what have you. It's actually there. All you guys now, large portion of you have been together, particularly on the defensive side, for a number of years, and you have some success. So you can go out and say, "See, this is what we got going." It it uh, <clears throat> it's helped. It's helped for sure. There's there's a lot more kids that are uh, that we have their ears, you know, in recruiting that uh, maybe in the past just uh, did, didn't give the time of day. Um, I, it's it's a hard balancing act where you know you you start to feel like you're kind of getting into different uh, class of kids that you're recruiting but also still trying to keep your niche where we're you know we we recruit a certain type of kid the kid that is really looking for the challenge that BYU gives them and and uh you know not not feeling like we're trying to trying to chase uh chase kids around because those kids just don't end up end up making it here and so we've just got to keep uh you know keep our niche as well as um enjoy some of the some of the the kids that are starting to come to us because of the success I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to think that I'm asking you to speak for, uh, you know, Tom or the school or Kalani or whoever. Just you personally, when you see this talk about 
uh, 12-team playoff and six conference champs in and then the next six best teams. You, and I know it's a long way away because coaches, you got to worry about the Arizona opener, and this is probably three years down the line or whatever. But do you get a little excited about that, that BYU is an independent? It just looks like access would be opened up, and it would still be hard, but it wouldn't be impossible. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's just obvious obviously just speaking for myself kind of when it comes to to that portion of just the game um i'm a fan i don't i don't have any say in what's going on and i'm kind of dreaming big and just wondering what could happen here and there and certainly uh sounds like um a lot a lot of different options you know for for uh, an independent school and being able to put together a good schedule and play some good teams and have a chance to go play at it i go down to pac 12 media day every year and uh, you can always see, we talk to every coach, obviously, right? And you see David Shaw approaching our station, and he's seen the same faces, me, Hans Olsen. We're down there every year. We've been down there every year. And it's like he starts smiling because as he's approaching, he knows, hey, I'm getting some free airtime in a place that I recruit heavily. And he once told me off the air, he said, you tell those people at Utah I'm coming there and I'm coming often. And he's got so many return missionaries. I mean, he, you'd think he was a brother, the way he talks the language, you know. <laughs> I want these guys to come. They're, they serve all over the world. They add so much to our program, blah, blah, blah. So my thought for you on that recruiting is you're getting some opportunities to expand it. But at the same time, those kids that are normally your bread and butter are getting opportunities because at least in the west the word is out that okay we get the mission program and we're not intimidated by it and we'll wait and you know they got a quarterback up there we'll see what happens and they got several other guys so how much more difficult it is now as far as the competition because so many programs they are willing to deal with it i don't i don't know how many more programs are i know there's a lot of kids that we end up uh you know recruiting that uh, were other other schools are on early, and then as soon as they start to hear the mission, everyone's kind of running away. And so I think it's, you know, you you've only got a couple of those schools that are out there. Obviously, the in-state schools and yeah. some, you know, a couple of others. And I think uh, it's all just most most of these teams. It's all relative to how good the player is, or at least at least how good they think he so is. So if you're a ten, they'll wait. Yeah, if they're a ten, absolutely <laughs> everybody will. <laughs> and uh, you know, if they think that they can replace with somebody, it's a little bit uh, that won't be going and. And contribute a little bit sooner than they than they than they don't. But I think, you know, our, those uh, offensive linemen that have gone uh, gone up to Oregon in the last couple of years, and um, I mean, I think every single team in the country would wait for those guys to go on a mission. I think it's all all relative and how you look at those kids. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? And how quick can you do something for me again? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Lisa, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Looking forward to that game in Las Vegas to kick it off. It's BYU and Arizona to open the season. Elisa Tuiaki, defensive coordinator at BYU. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us.